Hey everyone, we appreciate you listening. We'll get into the show in a bit, but just want to mention, go check out our Twitter page, at Midcourt Madness, for all of our show updates, as well as some breaking news tweets. Also, check out our website, where we post all of our writing at midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, we are back from the holidays, and COVID is rearing its ugly head again by canceling games, which has led us to do the first ever Midcourt Madness mid-season review. review. We're going to go through conference by conference and tell you which teams we feel are surprising us, playing about where we felt they'd be, and which teams are per- underperforming. We'll get into all of that right after this. All right, Bags with... With all the stuff going on with COVID again um, and rearing its ugly head, we uh, we basically decided to change up the format of the show where it's not so much previewing and reviewing games because, frankly, there's not many to preview, and the ones that we could review, we're not even sure are going to be there in a few days. Um, so, you know, basically decided, you know, we we're going to almost just do like a mid-season review where we go, almost go back to when we did our conference previews, conference by conference, and basically say where we're right and where we're wrong and to be quite frank i'm more excited about say where we were right well i mean there's a lot more meat on that bone because we're wrong so rarely that yeah i know you know it's it's just an odd situation when we are wrong and and frankly when we are wrong it's not our fault it's the other team's fault like you know we talk about the teams when we have high expectations and then they disappoint us it's not our fault we have those high expectations it's their fault yeah, we uh, wanted them to be bad. bad. It's not our fault. We're wrong. Yeah, exactly. And oh, I just noticed something, Biggs. Like, I, I thought about la- back to our last podcast, and you know, you were podcasting quite admirably, I might add, on a bad voice. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling in the best shape of my life. Um, I feel like it's a new season here, new year, new me. Uh, also coming with new voice apparently and new, new time for us, which is uh, maybe a new set of circumstances, a new set of adversity. We're just kind of looking to always push the limits here, John. We, we never settle. We're always, we're kind of like that. Uh, is it wild Turkey? No. What's the, uh, is that a bourbon? Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's some sort of, yeah, maybe it's black velvet. I don't remember. There's the, yeah. alcohol where it's like never stop, never settle. That's us. We're never settling. We're always looking for something to challenge us right now. It's, Getting up early in the morning and potting because, uh, yeah, we're never satisfied. Well, more so because your in-laws control you and make you go to stuck Christmas parties during the next year. Thank God there's so much meaningless football still on that I can just watch that instead <laughs> of talk to them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get into it here. Which uh, which conference should we go on first? Which conference do you think the most is the most meaty with teams performing not at the level that we expected? Ooh, not at the level we expected. I, I, I would say um, probably, honestly, I think the most meaty in terms of just the overall juice and maybe maybe not quite at the level we expected, but also simultaneously at a level we expected, which is a high level. Let's start with the SEC. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, SEC has been a good one. And, you know, you know I'm just going to toss random questions at you here. What, what team has been the most disappointing? And I think we have the same answer on this one but i'm gonna ask you which team has been the biggest disappointment so far i think the biggest disappointment's probably been arkansas right did, did you have did you have the razorbacks as oh, well 100 percent. and if i remember correctly 
when we're doing our conference previews, did had you picked them as your favorite? Am I either, correct on that? Boy, I, I can neither confirm nor deny that. Um, yeah, I think I probably picked Arkansas. I either went with them or Kentucky. Yeah. So, you, oops. Yeah, that one that one is not my fault. It's Arkansas's fault. They're disappointing. It's not my pick that was wrong. It's it's them. They're being they're the wrong ones. Um, but your Arkansas really has just not been. For one, I think it's hard to it's hard to have a whole lot of. It's hard to understand how good they are because they really played almost nobody in the non-conference, and they still have taken some some kind of perplexing yep. bad losses. I think they're 0-2 to start SEC play. They just lost to Mississippi State here earlier in the week by like 15. They yep. got smoked. And their best win at this point is probably over like an okay, Cincinnati. not great Cincinnati team. Yep. You know, it's just it hasn't it hasn't been real good. And um, after coming off of last year, where where they had an late eight run, they brought back a handful of pieces, and they're one of those teams that you know we were really excited about what they did in the transfer portal. Yep. And and it just hasn't really manifested. They're they're ten and three, so it's not like they're god awful, but that was a team that I think we thought was this is a top ten caliber basketball team. They're nowhere near that good, I don't think, right now. Yeah, and you know we. I think we've talked about this before with other teams, but in the transfer portal, they get Chris Legs, they get Adi Tony, and you know we we tend to like really hone in on like that points per game number and be like, oh, that's just going to be the same this year, and just add it to last year's team and who's returning, and this could be a good team. Adi Tony played for Pitt. Pitt's not good. Um, Chris Legs played for Miami. Miami's not as bad as Pitt, but still, you know, they haven't been you know barring burners the past few years. And just looking at their schedule, and you talked about it perfectly. You know they're currently eleven and three or ten and three, with loss against Oklahoma, Hofstra, Mississippi State, as you mentioned. Like every single team on their schedule is just sort of a middle of the pack team at best. And how much of this is just bad scheduling? You see, like you know, other teams they'll actually schedule some good teams in their non-con. I don't. Cincinnati is the best team I see here. Yeah, or Oklahoma. It's not. It's yeah. not great. It's just not real meaty, as you said. And, and I don't know if that's just because I, I, I have a hard time with with college basketball scheduling. Sometimes it's like I can't tell. It was the schedules put together this last off season, or is this a product of uh, them putting the schedule together two, three years ago when they weren't sure how good they'd be, and now they're really good, and the schedule looks dog shit. And it's like this doesn't match what we thought the team was going to be. Right. Or maybe, or maybe it does match what the team is going to be, and it's a it's a tactic to get fat, you know, because they'll have plenty of opportunities once conference play starts to pile up good wins. Uh, they're not really tested, which is is probably showing now that they take some losses. Um, I don't know. It's it. I think I think you're you're 100 right though. You hit the nail on the head with the we we tend to focus I think too much on just what these transfers do in terms of points per game and, and the stats that they put up. When they're like the number one, two, three guys on their team, um, like you said, Adi Tony was like, you know, the first or second option on his on his team. Well, I guess he played with with Champagne in Pittsburgh, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a it's a garbage Pittsburgh team, and he gets all the shots he wants. Yep. Uh, Chris likes you. He plays like he just he's never had nothing. He's he's never had anything but like the ultimate green light, and he plays like the man takes some just god awful shots, and. Stanley Amudier, he played at South Dakota, you know, and he's a 21 and nine guy or whatever, but he's, 
he's not a 21 points a game guy on, on a team that is playing high level division one basketball. And it's kind of like what we were talking about with Texas, where all of these guys come in with, with these scoring mentalities and they don't have anybody who plays defense. Their defensive efficiency is like 70th in the country or something. It's not, they're not a great defensive team. And, and I think that's what made them, what helped them so much last year was their defense was awesome. And right now they shoot, they shoot 30% from the three point line. That's another area where they're great. It's kind of like they were, they were similar. All the issues that people are talking about with Alabama um, this year compared to last year was that they're, 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 they were amazing defensively and they've dropped and they shoot a ton of threes and, and the efficiencies dipped. Well, Arkansas, I think is, is even worse in both categories. Like, their defensive efficiency is, is dropped in a big way because they lost some key guys. And their three-point shooting is 30% from the three-point line, and, and they take a ton of them. I mean, they've taken – like they take over 20 a game. There's just a lot of empty possessions there. I don't know. It's just a team that you wonder how much better can it get. Yeah, and you mentioned Alabama, who is another team I think is underperforming a bit. And, you know, they're currently 10-3. and three. Um, Their losses aren't – necessarily good loss they lost to memphis which if we say they lost to memphis back in you know august i don't think it would be saying much as far as like you know what what does it really mean but you know with how bad memphis has been this year it, it really is a bad loss they lose to iona um that's probably the worst loss so far and then they also lose to davidson by one um just just a couple weeks ago and this is another team who i think depending on who you ask you know, people would have been like, oh, SEC favorite is between pick two, three, two teams out of Bama, Kentucky, and Arkansas, right? Yeah. Well, um, Bama's just been another one of those teams that hasn't quite performed as well as they should. And I, I'm not entirely sure why. Like, like there's, you, I'm just looking at their box score here. Shackelford and Quinley have performed well. Keon Ellis has been a bright spot for them. J.D. Davison hasn't, hasn't been quite as good as he'd want to be. Um, but still, you know, 50% from the field. And actually, now that I talk about it, I see what their big issue is. You know, they're a team that likes to shoot the three-pointer, and they're only shooting, you know, 32%. Um, and so, yeah, what do you make of this, Biggs? Well, that that's that's a big part of it. Like I, like I was talking about with Arkansas, it's the three-point line is, has become not as big of a friend for them. Uh, they, they shoot – basically under 33% and they shoot 30, 33s a game. So it's not like they're a team that, that, that can overcome that by not shooting a lot of threes. I mean, that is their, that's, that's the fabric of their team is they, they pump up a ton of threes. It's, it's at the rim and it's three pointers and they're not, they're not shooting the three ball all that effectively. Um, I think another issue for them is, is the turnovers. They average 14 turnovers a game. I know they play fast. and I know tempo is a big, you know, component of, what makes Alabama Alabama, but you know, 14 turnovers is a ton. That's, that's just too many. I think I, I actually think Quinterly, I'm actually disappointed a little bit. I think with Quinterly, I don't think he's taken um, the jump I was expecting. I think that's part of, I think the, the, the thing I was nervous about with them was their depth coming into the year. I thought, you yeah. know what you're going to get out of Shackelford and Quinterly. I think those two guys are going to be awesome. And, I think you have a pretty good idea that J.D. Davison is going to be pretty good. Charles Bidiaco is going to be okay. And I was worried that they're not going to have anything else. They actually do. You're right. Keon Ellis has been awesome. He's been a revelation. 
Uh, Juwan Gary's been pretty good. Noah Gurley's been okay. Darius Miles has been been solid. You know, they play eight guys, and I think all of them have had good moments. But I don't think Quinterly or Shackelford have been as good as I was thinking. And maybe that's, again, that's their fault that they're not, they're not playing up to my expectations, not my fault. Um, I think that's the thing. I, I, but uh, let me ask you this. Which, two, which, two, which of those two teams, Arkansas and Alabama, do you feel they've both probably underachieved to, to a degree so far this year? Which one do you feel better about now over the next two months? I'd say I feel better about Bama. And the reason why, you know, we talked about um, Arkansas, they haven't really played many teams, right? Um, right? Bama at least has wins against Gonzaga, against Houston before they got all their injuries. And so they've at least been tested and have a 10 and 3 record. So both both teams have three losses. And, you know, it's pretty easy to see that Bama's played a tougher schedule so far. Um, And to go a little further, I think I saw, I don't remember who it was, but... Basically, they're saying, you know, Arkansas is either at that point now or dangerously close of being in that, you know, last four in, first four out category right now. If they're, they might be already, to be honest. I, I would agree. I think Alabama is obviously the, the work that they've done in the non conference with the win over Gonzaga and a win over Houston. They'll go a long way. Um, also, I don't think that lost, I think that lost to Davidson might age pretty, like, decent. Because uh, Davidson's actually way better than than I think anybody thought they'd be, so that one might not look terrible. I honestly thought like I actually think the win over Tennessee was almost disappointing in the sense that Tennessee's without their two best players. Oh, I didn't even say that one. I didn't see that one. Yeah, they they beat Tennessee to start SEC play, but I mean yep. they had to, Tennessee didn't have Kennedy Chandler or yep. Fulkerson, yep. and Alabama just played like crap at home. It took them like the whole game. It took them thirty nine minutes basically to get a lead. And it's just like, whoa, hey, why aren't you better than this? You know, yep. but they have a win over they 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 crushed Miami. They have went over South Dakota State, Louisiana Tech. I do think they they've played some good teams. So I think I think Alabama's still legit. I think they're as good as they're still good enough to win the SEC. I think I, I, there are some other teams right now that are probably looking better than them. You know, as as the conference play is about to start or has kind of started, but. It wouldn't surprise me if you look up here and you know they have in their next in their next five games they play Florida, Auburn, Mississippi State, and LSU. Um, it wouldn't shock me if if they go four and one in this little stretch here with with maybe you you, you clean up on some of those teams and we're talking about Alabama in an entirely different tone. Yep. Now let's uh, let's flip the script here. We don't we, we've been talking about all the negativity here, big. Let's become positive here. Ooh, and like let's talk about teams in the SEC who we feel have outperformed expectations. And I don't, you know, I've got a team in my mind, um, but I'm going to ask you. I don't think we're going to have the same one here, but I'm going to ask you here. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if we, we have a different one because there's just, there's a ton of them, really. Yeah. I mean, LSU, I think, is probably the biggest one for me. Uh, I, I had a feeling you'd pick them. Just because they're, I mean... They're twelve. They started the year twelve and zero, and they lost a game to Auburn here a couple nights ago to start SEC play, which a lot of people are going to lose to Auburn if, if you watch that game. I mean, Auburn looks like one of the best teams in the country, um, but but they they beat. They have a couple of pretty solid wins, to be honest with you. I mean, they beat um, 
No, they're not high major teams, but they beat Belmont by 30, a Belmont team that we like. Yep. They beat Liberty by 16. That's a team that, that has a great chance to come out of the A Sun and, and, and pull off like a – there'll be a trendy I, – I guarantee come mid-March in the NCAA tournament gets, that's come out, Liberty's going to be like a 13 seed, and someone will want to pick them to say, ooh, they're, they're going to be tricky. Watch out for Liberty. Um, they beat Wake Forest, the team that started out really, really good. And we'll see if we'll see if water finds its level as ACC play starts for Wake. But they've had a good start. They they lost yesterday to uh, who did I see? They Miami, lost? I think. Miami, yeah, yeah. So not not a great start here for They're Wake. Definitely finding their level, I think. Yeah, they might be. They beat Ohio by fifteen. Another team though that 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 looks pretty solid. One of the best teams in the MAC, I think. Uh, and Georgia Tech. And did they play Louisiana Tech twice. No, uh, no, they just just once. No, I was looking at that. I was looking at a different team. But you know, I, I think I think they're off to a better start, and I don't think they're right now. They have number sixteen in front of their name. I don't think they're the sixteenth best team in the country. But I feel like the Adam Miller injury just kind of led me to just kind of wiping like just writing them off altogether. And I was like, I'm gonna put LSU. Well, in. I didn't think even with him they're gonna be that great of a team. That was the thing. No, but I, I thought if if we're dividing the SEC into clear teams that we can make the tournament and clear teams that are probably not near the tournament. Yeah. I had LSU in the make the tournament category before the Miller injury. Yeah. Miller injury happens and I think I I in my mind I scooted them into I don't I don't see it now. Yep, I would agree um, with that. You know, and, and after a 12 and 0 start and, and I think the bottom of the league is is pretty pretty bad still. There are some teams at the bottom where I think you get fat and there's some opportunities because the league is so deep with with quality teams that they're, they're, they're not going to need 22 wins to get to the tournament. Mm-hmm. And I think they've got the pieces to do so, actually. Yeah, and we're going to find out in short order here how good they really are. You, you just talked about the Auburn game um, where they lost by 15. And literally in the next week, they will play both Kentucky and Tennessee. And both games are at home, so that obviously works in their favor. But we're going to find out how good they really are. And they're going to have more and more responsibility – or not responsibility – more and more opportunity of that throughout the season just because of how good this SEC league is. I'll, I'll take that a step further. I mean, their next their next seven games, Kentucky, Tennessee twice, at Florida, Arkansas, at Alabama, yeah. and, and against Texas A&M, another team that's 11-2 and two to start the yeah. year. That's that's a gauntlet. I mean, that's, that's, that's right now bro. all of the top teams. Yeah, that's that, everything that is murderers, TC wants to be. Oh, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> you're 100% right. The ECC <laughs> could only dream of having a team as good as Texas A&M. <laughs> um, yeah, speaking of that Auburn game, that's actually the team that I was going to pick as sort of my favorite um, exceeding expectations team. Not because I didn't think they were going to be good. I had a feeling you'd pick Auburn. Yeah, not because I didn't think they were going to be good. I did not think that they were going to be this good. Where. This good. You know, Jabari Smith is being talked about as being – and I, I know you love hearing this, Biggs. You know, he's an NBA prospect. I've heard that. Yeah, I have yeah. heard he's an NBA prospect. Can we get Mike <laughs> Schmitz on the phone and, and ask how, what he thinks about it? <laughs> Poor Mike Schmitz. I feel like he, among the podcasting, uh, the college basketball world now, is becoming like this hated figure. You know, isn't that weird? Like, he is – at like every every game you watch now, He's got, Mike Schmitz has got like this screen taking up half the TV – Breaking down these prospects in, in the way that like people watching the game probably don't really care. Um, it's not Mike Schmitz's fault. ESPN is obsessed with this uh, NBA uh, NBAization of college hoops. 
It is funny though. Mike Mike Schmitz, I feel like is becoming a punchline, and here I, I'm contributing to it. So it's funny. I I'll be quite honest with you, Biggs. I did not know who Mike Schmitz is. I Google his name quick, and the first <laughs> thing that pops up is an American Catholic priest. <laughs> and so then I had to go back in and put add in ESPN at the end. And now no, that's the one we're talking about is the American Catholic priest. <laughs> he's 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 really creating issues. <laughs> um. Shit, what the hell are we talking about? Uh, Auburn. Auburn. And so uh, Jabari Smith is you know, not only an NBA prospect, but he's being talked about as being the number one pick. And with him and Walker Kessler, the transfer from North Carolina, they basically form you know, one of the best you know, interiors in all of college basketball. I saw a stat like a week ago, and I'm not sure if this still holds true. At that time, Walker Kessler had 49 blocks on the season. North Carolina's team had 48. I believe did you, it. Did you see that? I heard that somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I believe it. Um, but, you know, they have all these guards. You know, you talk about Katie Johnson, Wendell Green, Devin Cambridge. Who, he's or Is it Cambridge or Flanagan who was injured at the start of the year? Flanagan. Flanagan. He just came back. So, yeah, Flanagan just came back. Just, you know, and basically just adds another piece to their talented roster. And so, you know, like I said, like I expect them to be good, but not this good to where I, I could conceivably see this see this team being like a two or three seed. Um, if not a number one, like if they go through the sec and just have like a, like a three or four loss season, in the sec play, like this could be a number one seed. Absolutely. And and you're right. They've looked the part to this point without Alan Flanagan to this point. He played two games. He played against LSU the other night and, and was okay. Not great. Um, he's like the fifth best guy on that team right now. And he hadn't played. I mean, they look good in the first 11 games without him. I mean, their only loss was that, like, double overtime, like, barn burner against UConn in the Battle for Atlantis tournament, which was an awesome game as well. And so, yeah, I mean, Auburn looks – they look awesome. And you're right, Jabari Smith, he is getting a – he like, the Jabari Smith hype train, I think, is is bordering on out of control. Um, he's, he's really good, but uh, – I think we're, we're poking too many holes and maybe those top guys, cause those top guys have been at the top for so long. And they're like, we, we need something new uh, that doesn't have a hole poked in it yet. Huh. It sounded weird, but um, yeah. I, I mean, he's awesome, right? He's, he's been, he's been as good as he's been, he's been as good as anybody in the country and he's got as much skill and talent. And I guess it wouldn't be also surprising to see like him over the next two months, just continue to get way better. Like yep. as good as he is, it feels like there's just like a lot of meat still on the bone for him in terms of like the efficiency and just the usage and and all that stuff. I could see him getting even better, and so by the time come March, I, I could see him actually being like a twenty two and eight kind of guy, you know. But yep. they also have I I'm, I'm still worried about their guards a little bit in terms of like the shot selection and just overall. I don't know. They, they've got some like bulldog guards who seem just like. Do they have the uh, when's it my turn again? You know, dynamic. Yeah, a, l- a little bit. I f- I feel like they've got some guys who are just like I got this a little too much. Yep. Um, like Katie Johnson has like some games where he goes nuts, and like he's just like he's wild, man. Like every time he makes a shot, like he's like puffing his chest out, and he's Is like, he, uh, "Do you remember Jerome Simpson with the Vikings? Every first down, it'd be excessive. Yeah, yeah. Like every every six yard slant, it was like." I just won the Super Bowl. Was, yeah, that's it. Katie Johnson, I the poor man. You know what? He played at Georgia, where like he never won a basketball game. So 
he's really excited. I guess he, in his defense, he's probably really fired up. He's like, what is this feeling? My team is good. You know, and <laughs> I don't know. But I also think he never saw a shot he didn't like. Every time he sh- every time he gets the ball, he shoots it. Um, so I'm curious if if that'll ever end up. And that's just a I'm a, here I am just analyzing body language. Uh, that's another th- one of the best things. I love calling people frauds. Love calling players soft. And I love analyzing body language. Um, so we'll see if that kind of thing. I, I could be just manifesting an issue in my head where there's not really something there and, and kind of nitpicking. But that's about it. I mean, I think they do have the – they've got like the talent and the juice to, to win at a high level and, and really beat anybody. They've got the depth. You know, that front court, like you talked about, Smith and, and Kessler is – and I'd taken another step with, with Jalen Williams yeah, coming off the bench. That is an awesome trio of, of big guys. And, and, you know, Bruce Pearl, I mean, he's a good coach. For all the crap he gets, it's never about is he a good coach or not. So, yep. you know, when you're talking about just like single coaches who can who can do, come up with a game plan and get his guys to play hard. And I don't know, you probably listened to the Titus and Tate episode here a couple weeks ago where they're talking about um, it was it was a North Carolina complaint session, uh, very yep. cathartic for I, for, I enjoyed for, it quite well for your guy Tate. But he's talking about how he, when he watches Carolina now, he he's, he doesn't really. The style of play used to be you knew exactly what you were getting with North Carolina, no matter what players were filling those jerseys. You knew exactly what style of play they're how they're going to play. And I think Titus said, like I remember, you know, I can close my eyes and always picture what Louisville with Rick Pitino is going to look like, what uh, North Carolina basketball is going to look like, and. I don't remember the other team he said. It might have been like uh might have been like West Virginia with Bob Huggins or there there was another team, but I feel like that's the similar thing with Bruce Pearl, is you know exactly what style Auburn is going to play. They're going to be like they're gonna play similar to North Carolina, always used to, right? They play yeah. they play really fast. They've got some some irrational confidence guards who who will feel themselves a little bit. And that can be really, really scary, you know, when when they can get going because they've got They've got just like this incredible kind of effort level. That's it. Doesn't seem like Auburn ever comes out flat. You know what I mean? They they bring it. If they make shots, and if they miss shots, they might lose. But like they play with an intensity, and they've got the depth now. I, I'm really impressed with Auburn. You're right. I, I think their Final Four potential good, and probably the best team in the SEC right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. Now let's see. We can just whip through the, this last section, but you know, a couple teams who have performed about how I expected. You mentioned the word frauds, um, and the frontiers have been about what I expected. And then Kentucky also, like, I don't think they've overperformed. I don't think they've underperformed either. I think they've been about where I expected. Um, do you have anything else to add to the SEC? Um, Texas A and M was eleven and two. I think in South Carolina is nine and three. I haven't really watched. I haven't. I haven't dug in too much on on what those teams look like at this point. Uh, neither one has a particularly like signature win that you can look to and be like, yes, see, wow, that team is yeah. legit. And South Carolina, Carolina has bad losses too. They lost to Princeton. They lost to um, Coastal Carolina. They lost to Clemson. Okay, so yeah, maybe that's maybe that nine and three is pretty fraudulent then. So. Yeah. I, I do think that I think the underbelly of the SEC is pretty soft. So I think I really do still think there's kind of this big line of, of demarcation where there's like eight really, really good teams or six or seven really, really good teams. Maybe not really, really good, but 
sure kind of caliber tournament teams. And there's like, there's like five, six, seven teams that it's like the, the top teams are going to get fat off of. All right, let's uh let's go over another conference, and I'm just gonna let's go with the Big Twelve because I I do think you know I do think the SEC is the best conference in college basketball, and I think Big Twelve is a fairly close second place. You know they don't have the number of quality teams that the SEC does, but they also don't have the number of teams that the SEC does. So if you're just looking at a percentage and saying you know this percentage of teams in the conference is you know quality, and this percentage isn't, I think they're about pretty similar. Um, but I think. What are the bigger surprises in all of college basketball? And a team who literally won two games last year. And I think I saw so they hired it's Iowa State for anyone who doesn't know yet. Um, they hire TJ Otzelberger in the offseason. And I saw a stat where it's like the first, they started off the year 0 and 10 or 0 and 12. And then they hire Otzelberger. And like I'm saying calendar year of 2021. They started off the, that year 0 and 10 or 0 and 12. And then they hire Otzelberger, and then they start twelve and zero. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something. It's crazy like that. Yeah, yeah. They, they won two Just, games all of last year, and and, and both uh, were before the end of the before the end of twenty twenty. Yep. Um, but you know, before yesterday, so we're recording this Sunday morning. Before yesterday, I, I quite wasn't sure how you know fraudulent or not their record was. They were twelve and zero. Um, Good wins against Xavier and Memphis. Uh, the Memphis win proved to not be that great, I guess. Uh, let's let's say good wins against Xavier, Creighton, and Iowa. True. Yeah, especially that 20-point win against Iowa. Um, but then yesterday they go – or they don't go to Baylor. They host Baylor, you know, the number one team in the country, and they they took their best shot and they hung in there is how I describe it. Like, I don't – I didn't think this game was ever really in doubt. Like, I thought Baylor was the best team, but, like – Iowa State would just kept kept roaring back. Like they'd get down ten or twelve, and they'd hit like two three pointers in a row and get it back down to six. You know, yep. and so they are a team that they're the junkyard team. They're not gonna they're not gonna die, bigs. They're a junkyard team. You know, you talk about junkyard players, they're a junkyard team. Yeah, I think so too. And and you look at them, and 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 you're right. Like the the sum of the the. The parts don't equal the sum, or the whole is what's that saying? The whole is greater than the the, the parts. I feel like they don't have a ton of individual talent, but um, but they still are, are finding ways to to be effective. Like they were they were talking on the broadcast. The result of the team is better than the sum of its parts, or something. Sure. Like that. Yeah, sure. let's we'll say that. Okay. You know, but I mean, they're talking about some of the some of the top guys on the team, and it's like I don't think any of these guys are all that good. You know, like. Isaiah Brockington is, is having an awesome year um, and, and he's been a, a decent player for, for like an okay Penn state team, but like, that's not, I don't, well, I, like, don't I don't think he's he, one of the best 10 guys in the conference. You know, he's uh, sort of defying the little thing we talked about earlier where we, we focus in on just like the points per game and, you know, add it, add it to the team they're going to. Well, he was 12.6 points per game a year ago on a bad Penn state team. And now he's, you know, 17 on a good Iowa state team. Yeah. It's quite remarkable. He also he's, has a six, three guard and he's averaging eight rebounds. I mean, that's yeah, like, he, he, he basically heard, he heard us earlier in the show would say that he'd be like, screw you guys. I am defying the odds here. Yeah, no, he's, he's been great, but uh, you know, Gabe Kalsher for all the attention that he gets as, as being a, as being a key piece for, for their team uh, is shooting 33% from the field. That's not good. And 23% from the three point line. Uh, 
I've watched Gabe Kelcher for the last three years. He does a, he does a lot of nice things, and by a lot, I mean he plays pretty good man-to-man defense. Um, he is not a good offensive player. He's a horrendous offensive player. Um, you know, and Tyrese Hunter has had a, a pretty nice year here as a guard, as a freshman. He's shooting thirty-five percent from the field, nineteen percent from three. He, he's he, not a good three. He's not a good perimeter shooter. No, you look at some of these numbers, and you're like, "How the hell is Iowa State still doing this?" Um, so maybe I'm just maybe I'm maybe I'm still just being a hater. I do have some just reservations, but you're right. They held in yesterday. I kept waiting. Probably watched the game th- through a similar lens as you were. I just I was just waiting for Baylor to go on that big run and yep. kind of put the final nail in the coffin. And every time they would every time they would just line that last nail up, like Iowa State would would knock a, a previous nail out. It was kind of like a big old game of whack a mole, you know. And, <laughs> and uh and they would have to start over. And you're right. It never felt like Baylor wasn't going to win. But the fact that Iowa State hung in for, for as long as they did, um, I guess that that shows me at least something for now. Uh, we'll see. Their next five games, I think they have Kansas, Texas, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma twice maybe. Uh, I don't remember. Texas, Texas Tech twice. twice, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas. So uh, we'll see. I mean, yeah. you go and five in that stretch, and we're probably all of a sudden we're flipping the script here. And we're talking about remember Northwestern did this last year. They started out with a couple good wins, and they're ranking yeah. the top ten, and then or all of a sudden Minnesota. again, you know, yeah, Minnesota too got ranked as high as like ten or twelve, and, and really fell off. Um, that's the thing about the Big Twelve mm-hmm. is that there are, as you mentioned, there's not a lot of teams. There's not a lot of bad teams. There's there's no teams that you can say, ooh, that's there's a stretch here where we play, you know. Vanderbilt, Georgia, and South Carolina, where we can finally get right. Um, you're going to have to get right by being really good teams. So it'll be interesting to see if they can if they can hang in. Um, they've passed every test so far, even the Baylor test, which is which is a loss. I still think they kind of passed it because Baylor's awesome. Um, yep. Beating Creighton, beating Iowa, beating Xavier those are all those all represent really high quality wins. So we'll see. I still, I, it's it's hard. You know, we have this thing where we we hold on to teams that we think are good, and it's like I can't quit this team. I'm just still having a hard time buying all the way in on this Iowa State team, and I guess maybe I just need to recalibrate what all the way in is. Yeah. Maybe they're not the worst team in the Big Twelve. I think they're probably, I think, still a tier below Baylor and Kansas, but maybe they're right up there with, maybe they're right up there with Oklahoma and Texas Tech. All right, so let's go to you know the team that they actually played yesterday, um, and the Baylor Bears who are my choice for the Big 12, you know, exceeding expectations team. And very similar to Auburn, you know, it's not because I didn't expect them to be good. It's, I didn't expect them to be this good with how many, the amount of talent they lost from last year with Davion Mitchell going, I think he was a lottery pick. Um, Macy Oteague, who's their third guy? Jared Butler. Jared Butler also goes to the NBA. And they're basically replacing them with, you know, guys like Meyer, who hasn't been as good this year as I think we expected. Um, they replace, you know, with Flagler, who I think we expect to be good. They get a Kinjo from from Arizona. But I don't know, like some teams just have it where, you know, they've built up that program that well to where they can sustain any players leaving. And it's just expected that, like, they can actually reload and not have to rebuild for a couple of years, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it's not necessarily reloading in the sense that like they went out and got a whole bunch of new guys. I mean, Akinjo's new, yep. and Kendall Brown's a new. lot. A lot of it's just guys getting bigger roles. Yeah, it's just guys stepping into new roles. It's just kind of a wait your turn situation, and 
And that's what, and that's how Nova did it. And that's how Virginia kind of did it for a really long time. It's not, we're going to go get a bunch of five-star freshmen like Kentucky and Duke. Um, we have good freshmen who come in and, and contribute, but it's, it's the sophomore who came off the bench behind all those guys now becoming a junior and becoming an all-conference guy. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's the freshman who played a little bit sparingly takes the sophomore jump. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they also lost Mark Vital. You know, him and Davion Mitchell, you got to think like him and Davion Mitchell were, were kind of the catalyst to what was the be- one of the best defensive teams in the country last year. And they're just as good defensively now. I think yeah. that's, that's also what it's, what's amazing. I mean, their offense is good. It's not like mind-blowing. It's not like they're – they're not like reinventing the wheel offensively. Their defense is just like, oh my gosh, they they get in your they get in your junk and just like don't give you anything still. And that's kind of what they played like last year. Um, it's impressive that they're doing it with with new guys, you know. Yeah. Now let's see who's who do you have as a team that you just want to highlight? It can be for whatever reason. Um I feel like Kansas is actually kind of like flown under the radar. Weirdly, they haven't played a lot of good teams, and they're they're eleven and one. And I feel like it's just kind of ho hum. They're ranked like sixth in the country. Yep. So I don't know. Let's let's highlight Kansas just because I well, feel like they're, they're really not good. Duke, so they don't get wall to wall coverage. Audience. Yeah, it, that's probably true. Yeah, it's right. They're they're not Duke, so we don't care about them. I guess maybe the big thing is that they really didn't – their non-conference, like everyone – Yeah, I'm looking at their non-con. They had Michigan State to start the season, and that's been about it. Well, you know what the problem is here is that that, that, that tournament in Maui ended up just being super weird. Was it the Maui tournament? Whatever tournament they were in. No, it was the ESPN events tournament. Oh, quite the name, quite the name. Yeah, and it was supposed to end up – they were supposed to play good teams. Um, you threw you threw out the record books at the ESPN events invitational though. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That is when you're in that tournament, you play hard. Like that's yeah. prestigious. Yeah. Um, they play North Texas, Dayton, and Iona. So it was like a mid-major marathon. Uh, that's great alliteration, by the way. I just thought of that. So and they lost. That. that was one of the ones we were talking about. Like we were saying which matchup we wanted, and it was Kansas versus I don't remember who it was. Bama. Bama and Bama lost first round. Yeah, and it's just like wait, and then and then they ended up getting knocked off by Dayton. Uh, they would have played Belmont, so it's not exactly like, you know, Iona and Belmont are probably in a similar tier, right? Yeah. Not their mid-majors. Um, but, yeah, I mean, other than that, they play – some of these teams they've played, they've played teams that it's like we thought they'd be good, right? Yeah. Um, St. John's, they destroyed. St. John's is okay. They have not been good. No. Missouri, nobody thought Missouri would be good, but I guess people care about that game because it's a rivalry. They won by 40. Uh, they just played Nevada here on like a – on like a shirt, like a super like, we lost a game, you guys lost a game. Let's just now let's play it, play each other, um, kind of like lovers, you know. Like, hey, I just got dumped, and so did you. So let's all like, let's be lonely together, you know. Yeah, something weird like that. Lonely. I'd rather be lonely by myself. But yeah. um, they beat Nevada by thirty, you know, twenty-seven. I mean, that's it's impressive. But you're right. I'm waiting for like the the signature like Kansas is like announcing itself as being back in the country. Um, they're just kind of they're just kind of moseying on through right now. Nobody's really thinking much of them. Uh, I don't even know what else there is really to say about them other than that. I I see you, Kansas. I know you're out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know their next game is Oklahoma State, who that's actually the ultimate below expectation team because I expect them to be a tournament team. They're not going to be. Yeah, talk about a bust of a squad that is. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, but Will you know, the real Jalen Wilson show up? He's averaging five point nine. Is this a Oscar? Is this something, or is it is it nothing, or is it something? Jalen Wilson. He I know he was suspended the first three games. Um, he's played right. nine games. He's averaging nineteen minutes, five point nine points, five point nine rebounds, shooting thirty eight percent from the field, and John. Nine percent from three. Nine percent from three and forty one percent from the free throw line. His free throw number, you you add his free throw number plus his three point number, and it's still not a great field goal percent number. Yikes. No, he has not What's been the, good. What has happened to this all. man? He's it, it's almost like the uh What's that movie, Space Jam, where they take away all the power, the powers of like the NBA stars, and no one realizes it? It's almost like that, I think. I was gonna say it's the uh, it's the Benjamin Button one where he actually gets worse as he gets older. <laughs> uh, it's the well, it's the opposite, right? Because he's he's doing the thing where he's he's getting older, and yeah, he's getting older and he's getting younger. Like he's turning into a freshman. Yeah. You know, the best thing about freshmen is they become sophomores. Weird, Maybe Jalen Wilson uh, turning it went from being a sophomore to know a freshman <laughs> let's just uh, i want to highlight remin martin here because this is a guy who he comes over from arizona state and we talked about you know a lot of empty calories for him a year ago with them just being on a bad team. I, I know a thing or two but empty like, calories true lots oh of my God. yeah exactly um but you know he's averaging i think he averaged like 18 or 19 last year he's averaging 10 points per game this year 48 percent from the field and 41 percent from three that's that's pretty efficient for a guy who had a lot of empty calories last year that's terrific. Yeah, it's terrific yeah. numbers. I mean, 10.7 points, you, you probably expected maybe a little more than that. But, yeah, he's he's averaging, uh, you know, a 3.3 assist to 1.8 turnovers, which isn't which isn't terrible. It's, it's, it's okay. And then, yeah, like the 49% and 41% from the three-point line, uh, he's doing exactly what I think they, they need. And I think Christian Brown and – I will never look at that name and not think it should be Braun. Braun, I hate, that. I, I hate I, it. I don't like that. Uh, yeah, are you more infuriated about Christian Brown or Paolo Bancaro? Which do you like how Titus and Tate say it, Paolo Bancaro? I I think I think that one is just all the way Duke. It's like I need to find a way. Like it's a, it's an NBA slash Duke thing where it's like my name has to. I have to have a weird name, yeah. you know. So his name. That's exactly what I expect. He plays at Duke, so his name has to be. He's got to have something, right? Every yeah. every NBA like superstar has some sort of weird name or nickname. And so, you know, it's it's just too easy to say Paolo Banchero because that's what it looks like and that's what people would expect. No, I have to have something weird yep. to get more attention. So I still think the brown one is just like it's it's just perplexing. You know, it's I just I yeah. He's had an awesome year though. He's averaging 17 points and, and six rebounds. He's been a force. Yep. Uh, and Abaji obviously is is on everybody's list as kind of one of the player of the year guys. You know, those two guys on the wings are are awesome. Yeah. I'm wondering uh, though, and Remy and Remy Martin's been a very good third banana. I'm I'm wondering they're going to need David McCormick and Jalen Wilson at some point to to do more than they have though, because neither yeah. of those guys have have been particularly good here to start the year. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, but good news is they have Mitch Lightfoot. Still, yeah, still, yeah. He might be older than both of us. <laughs> um, let's see. Any other teams you want to highlight from the Big Twelve? Uh, is Texas worth highlighting? I know you had you had heard that there was some. I, so I yeah. So yes, I, I had seen too. a tweet. I had seen a tweet basically saying like there's about to be big news coming out of Austin, Texas, and all like there are replies that were basically like, oh, what are you talking about? But there are some other ones where it's like, yeah, if you're here and Marcus Carr is going to transfer out. Yeah. 
Um, and nothing, this is like three days ago. I texted you that nothing has come of that. And that was right after they had someone transfer out. I'm, I'm looking for the name right now. Jalen Tyson. He transferred out, right? Yep. Their freshman, freshman guard. He transferred out. And so I don't really make too much of it because they already had too many guys to begin with. Yeah. But the, well, then, and then Carr played yesterday and let him in scoring. Yeah. It's 17, yeah. you know, and, and look pretty good. Um, I will still, I watched, I watched a, I didn't watch a ton of that game. I, I kind of tuned it out once I realized all of West Virginia's like top guys were out. Um, so I, it really lost the shine for me. But mm-hmm. I watched enough where like the first five possessions of Texas car probably averaged 20 dribbles a possession. I'm just like, what? I'm not going to miss this. Is that, yeah. is that an advanced metric? They It needs to be. Someone needs to track who leads well, the country they, in dribbles. In the game. NBA, they do like um, – Miles traveled, so like Clay Thompson's a guy who's always running off screen. So he's got like a certain like miles traveled throughout the year. Yeah, yeah. So like I'm sure they I'm have to, they, they, they have to have dribbles. They have to like put like a like a speaker to the floor and they can hear it like bounce every time. And then they have to be able to figure that out. Someone on NBA Twitter is clearly bored enough where like someone can track <laughs> the amount of dribbles that that a guy takes. Uh, college basketball. I don't know if we have that guy, but like but, for like the miles traveled, like they have to have some sort of tracker on them, right? What about How else just, they do it? That's true. Yeah, mate. You'd think. You'd think. What about just total seconds holding the ball? Because Carr also has to lead the country in that one. God, the man just cannot. He, you know how like there will be there will be possessions where a guy will dribble in, he'll kick it to the corner, and and it's like before the guy in the corner even catches it, he he like somehow already throws it to the guy at the top of the key or on the slot for like an open like an even more open shot. Yep. Marcus Carr has no, – I don't think he ever – I don't think he's capable of doing that. Like, he catches it, and he has to then start dribbling or hold it and, like, look. And it's like I, – I am now – I'm thinking, like, I've been watching – I watched the Gophers, you know, when he played for them. And I think to myself, every time I watch them, God, the ball just moves so slow. And he simultaneously was always their best player, but also the cause of, I think, one of their biggest problems is that – the ball moves so slow, and it's like they don't ever take advantage of rotating defenses, and you never get open shots because he always is so methodical at the ball, and he's incapable of just making the extra quick pass. It's I got to catch it, and now I have to dribble. And he's individually, he is a talented kid. I don't think you'll ever watch someone. No one will ever say Marcus Carr isn't a good, mm-hmm. uh, talented basketball player. But God, I mean, on a team with like Texas, where you've got so many different pieces. Even yesterday, they they won by 17 over the corpse of West Virginia. Like they're making tough shots. The shots they make are contested because they basketball is about a lot of different things, but it's about turning turning five on five into three on two, turning yeah. it into two on ones, turning it into you know five on fours, right? That's essentially what we're trying to do on offense. I'm trying to beat my guy, then to draw your guy to come help so I can get you a shot. Uh, or or you're trying to beat your guy to get his guy to help so that my guy then has to help him and I can get a shot. You know what I mean? It's a series of that at its at its core. And I think with Marcus Carr, you just you hope that you can beat them five on five, not five on yep. four. You know what I mean? Yep. Right. No, I agree. And you know, just look at the schedule here. They have you know, two losses, like you said. Um, basically, their two losses are against two ranked teams. Every win is against unranked teams. So so far, they've just Beat done what they're yeah, they've done what they're supposed to. Now, you know, they will have some opportunity here. Like they're not their conference schedule starts off pretty lax. Um, Iowa State 
mid-January, and then, ooh, they've got like a end of January game against Tennessee, like a little non-conference game right there. I love that. The Big 12 SEC stuff is super fun. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're another team who, you know, like that the tweet you mentioned, nothing ever came out of that. So my guess is just someone trying to get a little clout online. And I felt – Well, there was enough of it though. I saw it too. And, and there wasn't just like one random guy. It was like there was a decent amount of stuff. Uh, you know, for for like a Twitter rumor, you know, and and so that that was interesting to see that he was there and you know, led him to a win yesterday. I, how, do you feel like Texas is? I, I mean, in the preseason they were ranked what like fourth or fifth? I mean, they're ranked really high. <clears throat> how do you feel about them now? I think they're slightly worse than I expected, or slightly I, like they're ranked number seventeen right now. I think that's about right. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. How about in the Big Twelve in, in general? I feel like they're they're a tier below. I think Baylor and Kansas are in yep. their own tier, and then I think it's Texas, Oklahoma, Iowa State. You know, uh, Te- maybe Texas, Texas Tech. Yeah, maybe Texas. I, I'd agree with that. Like basically sort everybody of that, there sort of that tier State. two. Like Baylor and uh, Baylor and Kansas could cut down the nets early April. You know, we sleep in May, but then those other four teams are pretty solid in the tournament teams, but not really like national title contenders. I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's move on to another one. And, you know, we're, we're almost up to – we're already up to 50 minutes, Bakes. We're sort of just cruising right through this. We're on, think, we're on like a nice little Sunday. Kind of we're on just like a casual Sunday stroll just talking college hoops. Yeah, it's fun. I love it. I now, too. I think the ACC is one that we can whip through. Um, you know, Duke is about what I expected, if not a little bit better. Yeah. Um, North Carolina has been uh, – I think they're a little worse than I expected, but not as bad as some people are saying. Now, you know, here's a big question for the ACC: How many tournament teams do you think they get? That's sort of the this, hot stove, hot stove topic for the ACC. Yeah, this this is like the the basic question. It seems like people keep getting asked, um, or, or it's making the rounds. <clears throat> I mean, I, I really think Duke is probably the only one that you can be like they're for sure in. Nope. Uh, Carolina too. I, I, you're right. Carolina, Carolina is like because they're graded on the curve. Uh, the reaction to struggles is is going to be harsher and more intense. And so when I when I say this Carolina team sucks, it's not I'm saying Carolina sucks compared to uh, Kansas State. It's Carolina sucks compared to other Carolina teams. Right. And they're they're okay. Right. They're they're like a fine college basketball team. Like they're they're fine. Um, like I, I think they I, I they better be Boston College. You know. Right. Um, they beat Georgia Tech. Like they're good enough to beat the the underbelly of the ECC. Um, but we want them to beat Duke, and I don't know if they're good. I don't think they're good enough to right now, at least. They they might, you know, when they play them in a month and a half, because they, I swear, they keep pushing those dates back. Um, it used to be, I swear, North Carolina used to play Duke, like, I well, I swear they played, be, they played they, twice in the last like two weeks of the season. Now they play they play yeah, so late. I think that's pretty normal. I think there's usually been like Is, a two and a half week gap, maybe. Like God, they play why? One, why don't they play them at some well, point like that. January? Okay. So the, it used to be like the second game would always be like the last Saturday. It's always the last game, yeah. And the, the first, first, time, so the first time they play used to be a midweek one, like a Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. And recently I think they changed that to also be a Saturday game, which I enjoyed because it was always, or it was always a Wednesday. And I hated it because you're on my City League team. We'd be like pulling it up on our phones during, in the middle of City League basketball trying to watch it. 
Yeah, that's one of those where you just skip City League probably. Although yeah. now th- this year probably you, you definitely you, can we can we play a doubleheader here and, yeah, and not watch it all. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think Carolina is probably a tournament team, especially because the ACC is not like they should. On one hand, I guess you can say like it's not going. You're not going to rack up a lot of great wins, but, but they are going to rack up a lot of sort of. You, empty you should have wins. just the raw win number. Yeah, yeah, you know they they should probably be like twenty three and eight or something. Like they should go like fourteen and four. My gripe is with like where they're at is like yeah they have three losses they're against three very good teams now and like if I would have like just looked at their schedule at the start of the year I could very well see them lose those three games you know Purdue Tennessee and I can't think of the other one off the top of my head Kentucky right Kentucky we've blocked um, out of their mind and e- and like even then you could add in like the Michigan game like those were like their four non-con tough ones now the Michigan story has changed since then they kind of suck. Now, would you like them to get at least one of those wins? Like a, a real quality team, like a national title contender, should get at least one of those wins. Right? You want probably to go two and two in that stretch. Right. And they haven't. So they're definitely not a national contender. And at this point, I, I agree that they should not be ranked. But I think there's some people trying to stretch it out to where, oh, this isn't even a tournament team. And I, I just don't agree with that. No, I think they're probably like what they were last year, which is like they're they're like they're on the bubble of being on the bubble kind of situation where like they're, they're a pretty safe in, but it's like, they're like a, probably an eight seed, you know, yep. in that kind of range they're you know? So, and that's just not where North Carolina is used to be, <clears throat> yep. but beyond them, Duke is Duke is for sure in there. They're a, they're an, they're a bona fide title contender, which boy would that suck. Um, we can't let that happen. We, we just can't what, what, so happen. what's your opinion on Wake Forest? You know, they have one guy, Alonis Williams, who is being an absolute star for them, averaging 20 points per game. Um, but, you know, they haven't really played many teams. They did play LSU. They lost by 14. They did beat Virginia Tech by 20, but, like, that Virginia Tech game – or that team is – It's another one that's it, tough to figure out. Yeah, it's tough to figure them out. And then they are at now at the point where they've lost two consecutive games in – conference play against Louisville and Miami. Um, where do you think this team is headed? Uh, probably, as we mentioned earlier, I think water's finding its level a little bit yeah. with yeah. with them. Um, yeah, Alondis Williams, their top guy. Alondis, do you know where Alondis Williams played the year before last? I do not. He played at Wake Forest. Or no, no, he didn't. Were <laughs> uh, you going to say he was a boomerang transfer? No, I meant last year. I didn't mean the year before last. He played at Oklahoma, Oklahoma. last year, and he averaged like five points a game. Wow. So That's not good. No, and, and so, I mean, we're talking about, you know, it, it, you guys get better, right? They're allowed to get better in college basketball, and that's one of the things we love is that guys come in and they're, they're nobodies, and then they turn into somebodies. Yep. And, but, but you do have to wonder, like, is this dude all of a sudden capable of being a all-conference 20 points per game carry you, you know, type of, I just don't think they have the dudes to, to be all that good. And it shows, I mean, they got whooped by Miami last night. So and Miami's not a team that we, we love, right? They're, they're okay. Nothing special though. I would say, God, I'm just kind of pulling up the ACC. I asked you a question like 10 minutes ago and we still haven't answered it. I know I I, I'm getting, I'm getting sidetracked. I think Florida state's a tournament team. I think they'll figure it out. They're seven and four right now. So it's not great. Maybe that's me holding on to my Florida State bias. Duke, I'd say Duke, Carolina, Florida State. And then maybe one more team. I, I think it'd be like one more team. It'd be out of Wake Forest, Virginia Tech. Louisville. Um, Louisville. It'd be one of those teams. Possibly two. So four or five. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. 
Yeah. Okay. I, Virginia, maybe. Hey, they just beat Syracuse. Oh, uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't I see know. it. I, I understand they're eight and five, history. and I just don't think that's maybe one of those where that's where a team like that, a bubble team, I think, doesn't get enough high quality chances in the ACC to put up good wins. Yeah. Um, and I think they'll probably lose a couple more bad ones. Yeah. And that's the thing too is every loss now is like not a unless you're losing to Duke, it's not a great loss. Very true. ACC sucks. Yeah. I'm okay with it because ESPN's obsessed with the ACC. They are like ACC is like what the SEC is in football. Their ESPN covers the ACC like it's the SEC in football, and the ACC sucks. Where the yeah. SEC is dominant in football. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's move on to another one here, Bays. We're 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 just going right through this. This is fun. Let's do it. Uh Pac-12. I forgot that conference even existed because yeah. they've been on COVID and positive. They have a couple teams. You know, UCLA has been about what I expected. Um, USC and Arizona have been better than expected. Oregon playing sucks. Back, back to you. Yeah, well, what sucks is like those teams were all supposed to play in this last like today. I think Arizona was supposed to play USC, and UCLA was supposed to play was supposed to play Arizona or USC here like last like a couple of days ago. Like all of those games have gotten postponed, so it's like. Fuck, that sucks because those are the three teams that we want to see, right? Everyone else in that league sucks. You're right. Stanford sucks. Arizona State is is whatever. Uh, Oregon really sucks. Uh, Washington State's just uninspiring. But, like, those three teams are, like, all top ten type of teams. Like, I want to see those teams play. Yep. And they were supposed to, and the stupid COVID took it away. Take away my freedoms, COVID. Why are you taking away UCLA, Arizona? <laughs> Take away my freedoms. <laughs> You know, it's just, uh, but it, it, hopefully, hopefully this isn't one of those things where I feel like there were some teams last year, and, and we don't have to spend time trying to think about it because I, I don't really want to. But I can guarantee there were probably some teams last year that that look good, go on a COVID pause, and they're never the same. Yep. I hope ba- that doesn't Baylor. Happen. Baylor was the opposite of that. Yeah, ba- Baylor was almost that, and then they yeah, like they were they came back and they they were like, whoa, COVID kind of hit us. We suck now. And they're like, just kidding. We're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen, though, to UCLA or Arizona or USC. Because all those teams are awesome. Oh, let's see. Anything else you want to add to the Pac-12? We've got a couple other conferences. I think saying Oregon sucks just once isn't enough. Oregon really sucks. Okay, Oregon sucks. All right, let's move on. Um, okay. Big Ten. One Your favorite conference, Biggs. And a couple <laughs> teams I want to touch on here is, um, <laughs> you know, Michigan sucks. And yeah. you were you were one hundred percent wrong on Minnesota. As a native Minnesotan, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I hang, hang the banner. I guess they they beat um, you know uh, Green Bay. Great job. <laughs> Wait. Uh, <laughs> oh, hey, rough sport. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it actually doesn't matter in college basketball. Shoot. Well, is that going to happen tonight? Do you think? Will Minnesota beat Green Bay? Uh, no, I would say I, I would give it like a two. Uh, you never say never, but boy, I just said never twice. And might as well say the third time, I don't think it'll happen. Wait, I didn't even say never. They'll never win tonight. Okay. You're not a Sean Mannion guy. Gosh, there were so many. I thought the Gophers were supposed to play tonight too, but I Ooh, swear they, they got did. They got Illinois in a couple days here. Oh, maybe maybe I'm looking at the wrong day then. Okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Um, no, they, they, they're, they're definitely one of those. They're like a diet Iowa state, right? Where they're just, they're off to an awesome start. They don't have quite the high quality wins that Iowa state does, but 
I mean, they're ten and one. They beat Michigan. They have a win over Mississippi State, which is a which is a really nice win. Um, you know, and we'll see. The Big yeah. Ten is obviously a is a gauntlet. Um, so it's one of those things where their first four games here: Illinois, Indiana, Michigan State, and Iowa. Uh, that's gonna be tough. Can you go two and two in that stretch? That would show me a lot. Yeah. Um, I would. Yeah. I would say. I mean. Probably the biggest surprise team, and I can't even fucking believe we're in this spot again in our life. How is Michigan State the surprise team? But they yeah, probably- I was just gonna say I'm looking at this. They're ranked tenth right now, and I think it was it was you talking about Gabe Brown at the start of the year and how he just hasn't really shown anything. Well, he's shown some good stuff this year, averaging 14 points, shooting 40 percent from three point line. That's pretty good. Yeah, well, he was one of the guys that I said, like, hey, Gabe Brown, every time you watch Michigan State, just looks like a guy who should be a breakout guy. And he just hasn't been yet. Maybe this is the chance, I guess. I We'll see if it happens finally. And by God, it's finally happening. He's He looks like a stud. Uh, Marcus Bingham was kind of in that same boat where I said, Marcus Bingham sucks. Uh, and he's averaging 11, 8, and 3 blocks. Yep. And he's, he's having a really nice year. And... Yeah, Max Christie's I, been a little bit of a disappointment. You know, he's he's approaching that you know double digit scoring, but and he's like you know their top freshman, but he hasn't quite been what we expected. I think. No, he's he's been like okay on like a freshman scale, right? For, right. By freshman standards, he's been decent. I mean, he's shooting thirty six percent from the field and thirty one percent from three, so the efficiency is not very good. Yep. Um, Joey Tyson, has Tyson been Walker's good. been good. Yeah, averaging five five assists per game here. Yeah, five, he's, five he's assists okay. to two and a half turnovers, which yeah, isn't bad. It's, it's not terrible. You know, it's better than two to one, so it's it's okay. Um, that's the thing is, you look up and down this roster, and you look at like so. If you just look at the stats, it's like, how are they this good? It's like nobody's really nobody pops yet. Yeah, they've got they, they just kind of. This is just what Izzo does when they have teams that aren't supposed to be all that good. and They don't have a ton of talent. They exceed expectations. It's it's so bizarre, and. Joey Hauser has been another guy who I thought, hey, maybe he'll, uh, you know, he started out last year really well and then kind of faded. Uh, the fade has continued. He's he's only averaging seven points a game. And, and I'm just wondering if that might just be what Michigan State is, is they've got a collection of guys that, that turn make them a good team. And it's hard to talk about because the individual talent isn't really robust. Yeah. Now, I think here's the big question. You know, we talked about all these teams. We talked about Michigan State, Ohio State. Illinois, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Purdue, we didn't talk about Indiana, but there's another one, Iowa. Yep. A lot of tournament quality teams like this. Do you see, do you envision like a situation like last year where they get, you know, eight, nine, 10 teams in, but then they just don't perform in the tournament? Um, it was, it was insane. I mean, it feels like it's been like that now for the last two or three years where the big 10 is like, the Big Ten media machine is like the SEC media machine, right? In the in football, uh, to continue with the comparing college basketball conferences to the SEC in football, yep. it feels like we're amazing. Every time we lose, it's because that team is also amazing, kind of thing. Yep. Uh, and every time we win, it's amazing because we just beat an amazing team. Yep. It's it's incredible how how hard they work to to keep that image. But <clears throat> I mean, let's just run down the list here: I mean, Michigan State, Ohio State, Illinois. Those are all tournament teams. Yep. Northwestern, ah, hard to believe, but they're eight and two. Yep. Purdue, yeah, title contender. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota, Maybe. they're they're ten and one. Uh, we'll see. I think water finds its level. 
Wisconsin, ten and two. Uh, they look very Wisconsiny. You know, they they look like they're probably going to be fine. Indiana, they're okay. They're pretty good, right? They're ten and two, and I think they're they're talented enough. Um, Rutgers has probably been disappointing. Michigan's been disappointing, but it's hard to quit Michigan, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, it's tough to for me to sit here and say Michigan won't be in the tournament. And then Maryland and Iowa are both uh, probably like fringe. They're like bubblelicious teams, right? They're probably in that mix. Wasn't that like a bubblegum back then? Bubblelicious, I think it was. I think so. Yeah, and you know what it was though? It it lost its flavor almost immediately. Yeah, I remember that. Fucking bubblegum sucks sometimes. Yeah, I know. Like, can we find a bubblegum that actually has long lasting flavor? Um, what you remember those commercials? What it was like Stride or something? Yeah. Ah. Oh. And the joke was like they'd actually have to go out to people and like smack their face. They'd have to spit it out just so that they'd start on on, like a new stick of gum because like their sales were going down (laughs) because they're long lasting flavor. Sorry, our gum is too good. (laughs) That's elite. Yeah. It's a hell of a market. Uh, So how many teams did we just list? We got one, two, three, four, five, six, you know, six. I'd say six teams that I'm like for sure on, they're going to make the tournament. And then you've got Minnesota, Northwestern, Michigan, Maryland, Iowa. That's another five that it's like, maybe I bet three of those get in. Right. Yep. You know, so you're looking at nine. Yep. I, I think, I think, I think eight over is under like two, over under two out of those nine teams making the second weekend. Ooh. Uh, well, which team is going to be the one seed that gets upset by a 16 seed? Because is that capable of happening? Uh, I it's only think happened it's once. Happened, uh, yeah, well, it's only happened once that that one seed then won it the next year. That's true, too. That's never happened before. Yeah, yes. that's only happened one time. So, yeah. boy, if it happens a second time, then you almost, you're going to see one seed just purposely tank. Yeah. So exactly. we can win the title the next year. Like, or, or so they can just become a two seed. True. Uh, let's see. Let's go over to the Big East Bigs, and this is a conference where I feel like this is a conference where the water is just finding a level. It's not a team where where its water finds its level. It's the conference the water is finding its level because I feel like all these teams are just the same. The conference is just at water level. Yeah, exactly. Like it's every team in that conference should be ranked. Like how many teams? Is it eleven teams in this conference? Sure. Like they should just be ranked in that. 15 to 25, all 11 of those teams should be 15 to 25 in the college basketball rankings. I would agree. I, I, I really think I was onto something. I was ahead of my time here like three weeks ago when I said, I don't think there's a tier one team in the Big East. I think we just skip tier one. Nobody gets to be the number one team in the league. Everybody just gets to be ranked number two in the league. Yeah. I think the whole yeah. league is just in tier two, and then it's tier two A, exclamation point, pound sign. Um, every team is so similar. It's crazy. Like, how do you do a turn like a conference tournament where every team just ranked number two? You probably cancel it because of COVID. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> what if what if they have like you know how like well, let that happen? I love the Big East. <laughs> so that at like the uh, there's like a semi pro hockey team here in Fargo, and like at like half or like right before like the third period, almost at halftime. Hockey's weird. Um, but, like, you can get, like, these little, like, foam pucks, and you can toss them. They have, like, hula hoops in the middle of the ice. Like, they're, like, seven or eight of them. And you toss them, and the the people who are, like, closest to eat the center of each of them win oh. that hula hoop. And, like, they there's, like, 
you know, corporate sponsors on them. I feel like that could be the Big East tournament is they just have one representative from each team in the stands and they put like a hoop or they just toss them as close to center court as possible. And that is the Big East tournament. I like that. I like that. We got to figure out. Let's get all the big guys out there to do that, though, because big guys are notoriously terrible at shooting. So <laughs> let's have that. I don't want to see Colin Gillespie show up and, and try to jack up a shot. You know. Oh shoot! All right. Anything else you have to add to the show? <clears throat> uh, there has to be another. Did we go through all the conferences already? Yeah. Well, we went through the Power Six. We I, do you have uh, any like mid-major ones you want to touch on? I know Houston is losing guys left and right. Memphis sucks. Yeah, Memphis um, sucks again, which is I think what, a roller, what a stupid roller coaster Memphis is, aren't they? Yeah. We thought they'd be amazing. They sucked. Then they won a game, so we thought they were amazing again. And then they're like, ah, no, we still suck. <laughs> you know, I, I just think Memphis is one of those teams that has a lot of talent, so they're going to be overhyped. Uh, they're gonna win they're gonna win games occasionally, and we just have to not overreact to that because the true Memphis is mediocre. They're good enough to beat good teams, but also like stupid enough to lose to some bad ones. Um, and unfortunately for them now, unless they win the American tournament, which they probably will. And like know. now it's at the point where even if they beat Houston, it's like, is that that high quality? No, the only, the only way I think that they're getting into the tournament at this point is if they win their conference tournament. Yeah. You know, it's a small school league now. I think yeah. Houston is probably the only at-large team out of that league. Yep, I agree with that. And, and I don't know if we need to spend a ton of time on Houston. I mean, they have a ton of injuries. Um, yeah. I think somehow we we just kind of like expect the train to just kind of keep on rolling, maybe at like a slower pace now, because they're they're going to be diminished. But yeah. other guys will have to step up. You know. Yeah, and some like it is will. their top two scores in Mark and um, Sasser. And I think I heard somewhere else that's like it's like twenty eight points per game out of their seventy points per game as a team. So it's quite a bit, but they're going to have to rely on guys like Kyler Edwards, um, Fabian White, you know, guys like that. To just they'll just, rely on, they'll just rely on like giant dudes who get offensive rebounds for days. And like, that's how they're going to score now is like, okay, we'll score 65 points and we'll hold you to 50. You know, that's the thing too, is like, they don't necessarily need to score 75. They're winning. They beat a team by like 80 points. Not that long ago. Who is that? And it wasn't like Our Lady, Lady of the Lake. Yeah, as I say, Lady of the Lake. It was an NAIA Division One team, not Division Two. Oh boy. Uh, who did they beat? I think, I'm pretty sure they beat. I'm looking was at it, Michigan State still. NAIA was it like uh, Jamestown University? Maybe. Hey, whoa! I, I heard they have some shitty players coming through there. You know, the the Chinese buffet there in Jamestown is is high level. It has steak. <laughs> it's still pretty sweet. Um, and, and I don't know, Gonzaga is like Kansas where it's like ever since that Alabama loss, like people have just kind of like been like, yeah, fuck Gonzaga. I feel like they haven't played anybody. And that's what happens with Gonzaga is once, they're, once their non-conference slate is over, we just kind of move on and we forget that they're actually out there still. Yeah. Um, they're still out there. And they play, you know, in, in the, West, the West Coast Conference has gotten a lot of pub here for being um, pretty legit. You know, with, with San Francisco has gotten off to a really good start. That's a team that uh, – I tell you what, Todd Golden is going to be a coach that that starts making some noise. As uh, I, at the end of this year, Todd Golden's name will show up a lot. You know where my, he should end up at with that last name. The Golden Gophers. The goal. <laughs> the Golden Gophers. Get it? Yeah. They're too, they're too good right now. Yeah. I think. Um, plus, he's not from here, so uh, oh, that's we true. We don't like, want that. We only you want you coaches not be able from to here, sign off on that. Players from here. 
cheerleaders from here. We only have our concessions for the foods from here. Um, you know, all of that stuff. So well, it, that's just like Wisconsin. Is it? That's a Midwest thing. Like Wisconsin, they only sell that um, spotted cow beer. In they Wisconsin. only sell it in Wisconsin. Yeah. 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 You ever had that's that? So I have. Yeah. It's not yeah. bad. Yeah, it's good. I didn't change my life or anything, but that thing was no. fine. It's yeah. like a blue moon, I think. Yeah, it's okay. You know, if you're yeah. if you're in the right mood, it, it's solid. Yeah. Yeah, I think Gonzaga is okay, though. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that's the analysis we strive for on the show. I think Gonzaga is okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's in that league? I forget. Uh, BYU, I guess. Yeah, they're BYU, not as good as they probably were. Other teams. Feels like we overreacted. Yeah. Other Pepperdine, um, Oregon. Yeah, who is in the Pac-12? Yeah, Oregon doesn't deserve to be in the West Coast Conference. <laughs> All right, Good let's get boy. out of here, Biggs. Maybe, uh, maybe next show we can actually uh, review some games and preview some other games. But hopefully, for now, I think I think this worked out well. Like a little self-reflection to end the show. I think we, uh, you know, we changed our format in a time of need, and we excelled at it. So A plus. Yeah, I was just watching the movie Collateral. You ever seen that movie? I have not. It's it's Tom Cruise. Jamie Foxx is like a he, he. You know who Jamie Foxx is? Yes. Okay. He he's like a cab driver, and Tom Cruise plays like a hitman. And the hitman he he jumps in his cab and he's like, "All right, you're gonna you're gonna bring me to these five stops as I complete all my hits for the night." And like he doesn't realize he's a hitman at the time, and, and then he slowly starts. He figures it out, right? But in but in the movie, yeah, you know, Tom Cruise says something like, "You know." Plan went sideways. We had to adapt. We have to, you know, we have to, we have to adjust. We have to change our plans. It's Darwinism. We just, we have to figure it out. Um, and that's what we just did. Yeah. I think you're yeah. like Jamie Foxx and I'm like Tom Cruise in this situation. So you're a hitman is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And you're a cab driver. That's imperfect. We can, we can workshop that, but yeah. I think we did a great job workshopping and like, and adapting and adjusting. And, and that just, again, adds to the legend that that is us. I feel like we are, we are we are very malleable. We can we can yeah. adapt to our environment. We're very chameleon like. We made history as the first ever midcourt madness midseason um, review type like conference review um, three years after. <laughs> I'm not going down in a season in which a team that won the national title the year after losing the first time as a one seed to a sixteen seed right won the title. Had a pandemic, lost to a 12 seed, and then opened their season with a loss to a service academy. Yes. We are that podcast. Yeah, exactly. Just history in the making. All right, let's get out of here on that note. See you next week. Bye.